It's a global impact. You know, men all over the world feel certain things that they can't express or trapped or bound by the views of their society or culture, you know. Um, so I've just been fortunate enough to not be in a position to, to let that fear of addressing it, you know, hold me back. Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. My name is Steve Wopolinik. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and one of the founders of the Promethean Project. Our guests are people who have broke the chains of their limitations and found the strength of their potential. We offer their stories as inspiration and as guidance to help others navigate their quest to find their flame. Welcome to episode 45. As always, your host, Steve Wopolinik. And today's episode, we are honored to have James Harris from Men to Heal come on our podcast. James is an entrepreneur. He's the mental health counselor, a veteran, and much, much more. And as we get into the podcast, you get a real understanding of who he is as a person, everything he's had to go through throughout his life and how it's made him and pushed him to be the person that he is and how he gives back to the community where it's needed. Now, originally, the outreach to James came from me stumbling upon his book. I read the book. I outreached to him to be on the podcast. I was really happy. I was really happy for him to say yes and to come on the podcast. And the more I looked into what he does, the more impressed I have been by everything he is putting forth in the world and everything he's giving out to many people. His main mission, one of his main missions is Men to Heal, which started as a way to outreach the community and outreach to uh, men, but not only men, but their daughters, their wives, their mothers, to, to help break down the stigma of men's health. Not just mental health, which he's an expert in, but also physical health and other stigmas that get in the way of men putting forth their their best foot to work through some adversity and heal. I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this podcast today. James has a great amount of knowledge that he he shares with us. And if you want to check out any of his endeavors, please check the show notes. I'll, I'll keep them there. And I'll also put his social media tags in the show notes too, so you can follow him and see just what he's doing. All right. So without further ado, here's James. In a world where humanity's potential is imprisoned and locked away, our only hope is to break the chains and find our flame. Welcome, James Harris, to the podcast. So excited and honored to have you on. Um, really excited to talk to you about not only your book, but the programs you've built with Men to Heal and the other programs that it seems like you have your foot in a, a bunch of community-based programs. So I'm really excited to hear a lot about that. 
But before we get started, could you uh, introduce yourself to the listeners and kind of give us a little bit of a backstory on your passions and uh, how you've gotten to where you're at now and what's kind of driven you along the way? Yeah, how you guys doing? My name is James Harris. I'm located in Richmond, Virginia. I'm a father, I'm an author, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I'm a veteran. <clears throat> um, so pretty much that's me, man. Uh, my book came out in April and it's doing real well. So I'm fortunate for that. You can get that on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Walmart, Target, and of course my website. Um, and I founded a movement called Mental Heal, which focuses on men's overall wellness, our mental health as well as our physical health. Um, and I started the movement just based on a reluctancy of men not seeking services, you know, right. early detection, getting physicals and stuff like that. Um, and of course, since I'm a therapist, I just felt that it would be best for men to receive services from men leading by example. Um, and my personal story, you know, when I was younger, I was a ward of the state. So I wasn't, I had therapy weekly because it was mandatory and it wasn't a pleasant experience. So I wanted to change the dynamics of that. And then of course, fast forward years later as a veteran, realized I was different. I tried therapy again and again, it was a poor experience. So, you know, pretty much, um, I got back in the field. I paused entrepreneurship. I got back in the field for those reasons. Um, and, and, you know, now we're here. We're we making moves, helping people, um, not only on the mental health side, but of course, just the overall being a positive being and, and in the community, yeah. um, among other things. So I'm just fortunate to receive such honor um, from the community, from my peers, from, you know, just different stuff like that. Yeah, that's fantastic, man. And something I get from, so I picked up the book and I, you know, I've gone through it. I haven't completed it yet because I, I like to think of it as a, a sit down and think process and kind of take a break and come back to it. And what I really enjoy about it is just how integrative it's designed to be. So it's not just a read through kind of self-help <clears throat> book. It's a, a journal prompting reflective book. And it also in, includes writing, but also drawing. What was the reasoning behind the drawing aspect of drawing it out? So pretty much, man, to be honest with you, um, as a therapist, I guess as a male and a black male therapist, I got so many emails or inboxes of um, different questions, whether that was from wives, whether that was from, you know, sisters or men themselves <clears throat> or um, other organizations that wanted questions answered. Um, so, you know, initially I was being friendly and just uh you know answering them individually you know right. as they come yeah. in inboxes or emails or so it, it didn't get tiring but it was redundant so i was like you know what i'm gonna just put this information out for the masses so that's what i did um so i started pretty much summarizing and gathering the most questions that was coming in and um went from there with it man it was you know just so many different uh, questions coming. So I just jotted down maybe 65 different topics that I wanted to address and uh, took off from there, started the writing process and it was received well. And it's actually some things that I do in session. That's where the writing and the drawing coming out because some people um, aren't as able to articulate what they want to say, but they can't create what they want to say. Um, and also, you know, I want this to be friendly for the the younger people, you know, age 10, I want them to be able to express themselves. So they might not be able to say what they're feeling, but they probably can draw it out. And then we, you know, the mom or the, the teacher or the father or the coach or somebody can internalize and analyze 
uh, and depict what they drew. Um, so that was the reason behind that, you know, just stuff that I do in session and stuff that I was getting from the people. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and it, you know, the book reads as really integrative in, in that approach. And I also think when you, when you merge it with the work you're doing with Men to Heal and then the other community-based interventions you're doing, it's something that I picked up on going through your website is just how integrative you approach things, uh, community-based, but also like you say in, in your almost like mission statement on your website is not just mental health, it's physical health as well. And then also connecting with sure. different attributes so people can connect to them like yoga, or I think you, you work on a project where you even have like financial assistance or, or processing people who are, are wealthy in that knowledge coming and helping people work through that as well. Yeah. So you're talking about, so I'm located in Richmond, Virginia, and um, I got this spot that I put together called the Healing Hub. Um, And healing is, you know, in its holistic sense, pretty much a wraparound venue. Um, And the hub is a collection of these extraordinary people that I put in one spot. So let me just tell you about a pre-pandemic. Like I said, I do my outpatient there, but I had a psychologist. Uh, We was doing weekly yoga, weekly Zumba. And then yes, I was bringing in different speakers to address the needs of the community. So we had uh, financial literacy, we had restoration of rights, we had LGBTQ seminars, um, first time home buying, um, you know, just so many various topics in which the demographic often lacks. So I just took it upon myself and used my own resources and completed that. Um, You know, introduce people to Reiki, introduce people to uh, massages and mindfulness and stuff like that, because everybody uh, may not want traditional psychotherapy, but benefit from, you know, stress reduction tools and other interventions. So that's pretty much what it came from. And me being entrepreneur minded, um, I was fortunate enough to be able to use my resources and get that going. Yeah, that's awesome. I think so. I'm a I'm a mental health therapist too out here, and I really do think the more I get into the work, the more integrative care really seems to be what what blossoms for people more than just one yeah. way to to address things. I think it's really important that there's a whole bunch of different holistic um, aspects that come into to healing. And I love that you have that connection to it and, and are thinking about the community and, and being generative within the community because that's really where connection comes from and that's where a lot of healing spaces come from too. So I think it's awesome that you're, the work you're doing and work you've put in and you know just where it's at. Yeah, nah, man, I appreciate that. Um, but you know that's the foundation of it. And to be honest with you, um, we can address all the issues that we want to, but if we're not addressing the basic needs and necessities, then it might not be as effective anyway. So, you know, I just wanted to do my part to, again, ensure that holistically and, um, you know, at a minimum, different things were being addressed. Um, And and then for different people too, symptomology or uh, criteria can look differently uh, presented by different people. you know, just based on their presentation or their lack thereof, of having basic necessities met. So, you know, from a standpoint of wraparound services and um, the eclectic approach, I, I just figured I'd do that. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you've been open about your your processes and going through the website again. And what you've mentioned here is, you know, that connection 
in therapy individually is so strong that relationship in there and that connection to understanding is really important and i think you know representation is really important as well and i think that you know there's so many criteria when you do mental health and if you're using insurance and having to jump through hoops with insurance and they want a diagnosis in the first session or else they're not paying or things of this nature we miss a lot just based on that push to say, oh, what what are the symptoms? Tell me the symptoms so we can kind of do it. And I think a lot is missed culturally as well based on ignorance, but also just based on rushing the process. And so I think what you're doing is a, a way to, I don't want to say combat that, but a way to, to process through in a way that's actually more generative than, um, you know, the current model is. Yeah, no, I, I definitely try to, um, you know, capture both. So whether that is the traditional um, sense of sessions and diagnoses mm -hmm. and stuff like that, but also, yes, I definitely want to ensure that we're highlighting or I'm highlighting, um, you know, just the basic functions of, of pretty much everything opposed to overlooking some or rushing because the insurance company wants something done at a certain time. Right. Like, you know, I, I don't want to rush the process. I definitely want to ensure that my clients are being able to benefit from, you know, everything that they need to opposed to saying, Oh man, I got to meet this target. I got this deadline or this milestone. No, right. let's work through the process. Let's process um, what's actually taking place. So you know, and I, I guess that's been also received well, too, because I get a lot of, you know, uh, feedback and people reaching out that are colleagues or therapists who've been in for years and been acting for advice. So I've been fortunate enough to just be in a position. Yeah, I mean, I think there, there's a beauty about being able to just sit with someone and kind of keep all that that clatter to the back of, oh, I have to do this. Oh, I have to get my session notes in, or I have to, you know, even at one time, insurances wanted the pen writing of the notes a certain color. And so in the back of your mind, you can't help but be overwhelmed by all these these hoops. And I, I to be able to sit, sit there and say, no, it's about this process. It's about being here and being present. Um, it's a good refresher to, to have from people and, and then to connect with, of how do you do that? How, where does that come from? Um, do you ever find yourself being pulled out of the session and, and how do you kind of bring back into the work that you do? No, so I've been fortunate enough that they, so I guess you as a mental health professional knows that you can't help nobody that don't sit issue with their issues or don't want to help themselves. Right. I've just been fortunate enough that the clientele who seek me out, whether that's from a spouse or coworker or, you know, a parent, um, these people genuinely want to change for themselves and or for the people who referred them. So I've been fortunate enough that, you know, sessions go smoothly. Sessions go in the manner of which people actually want to do the work and they're excited about doing the work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I'm just in a position to where it's, you know, let's just go, let's let's get it, you know. Uh, we're working on this, you know. It's collaborative also, and it's a mm -hmm. cohesive process um, because that rapport building is fundamental, is, is there, you know, um, opposed to me trying to monopolize the session or me working harder than, uh, you as the client, um, right. that doesn't happen. It's it's a situation to where we both are collectively adding input and, and adjusting 
um, and going through the session opposed to me just prescribing uh, different tasks and interventions for you to do. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's so simple when you boil it down, but I think it gets lost by a lot of people who just have all feel like they have all this pressure. But in reality, it's at the end of the day, that pressure is not as realistic as sitting with someone and being present. So I love that. Um, so you had mentioned that when you came back um, from being in the military, you had kind of tried to go through therapy again and, and felt that disconnection as well. And then you decided to to take things into your own hand and be like, okay, if I want to want this to change, or if I want, you know, people to connect, I have to be someone who can be that for people. Um, what was driving that, that in that moment? And how did you maintain that motivation throughout? Yeah. So, I mean, well, let me just back up. So as a kid, um, I was in foster home and group home. So Mm -hmm. ward of the state therapy was mandatory weekly. Um, and you know, I'm this young kid from the projects and this therapist was a old white guy in hard bottom shoes and a necktie, you know, yeah. unrelatable. And it, it just wasn't a good experience because I felt just, it was, you know, actually it just was different. He was older, he was white. It was, you know, I could have just been a stubborn kid, but, but to be honest with you, like looking back now, I just know culturally it was not a good fit. Um, And now fast forward to what you're talking about. Same thing happened when I was, uh, you know, military. So I was eight years army, uh, two deployments, one Iraq, one Afghanistan. And, um, you know, I noticed I was different um, and I wanted to uh, identify those changes, you know, to ensure that I'm still giving my all to my loved ones. Um, So I tried therapy Mm -hmm. and this time it, this time it was an older white lady and the same thing happened. It just was a disconnect. Uh, she wasn't a veteran, uh, no experience outside of, of course, the book knowledge. So, right. you know, that's part of the uh, part of the reason why a lot of veterans uh, don't go to therapy or they'll much rather go to the groups, you know, because you got the groups with that shared experience. You got somebody that's relatable yeah. and stuff like that. So those are more helpful for veterans. Um, so anyway, you know, I didn't give up even with those two poor experiences because I knew that, um, the benefits of it. Right. So I pretty much, uh, you know, started my entrepreneurship journey. Um, so before I even had a bachelor's, I had two properties and two profitable businesses. I paused those, uh, went back to school, got my bachelor's in clinical psychology, uh, fast tracked, uh, you know, didn't take a break. I started immediately in my master's program, um, you know, completed my master's um, in clinical mental health counseling. And then I started my licensure journey, residency and stuff like that, you know, uh, getting my hours. And here we are. Yeah. Hop back into entrepreneurship, you know. So now it's, uh, I got four properties now and five profitable businesses and over 17 investments in addition to, you know, the movement, the book and everything I do now to assist the community. That's amazing. That's awesome that you, that you got so much going on. But I also think just talking to you, I, it's palpable, like that passion that you have for all of this stuff and, and to to have those things going and, and have so much of those properties and, and businesses be about evoking change and, and you know, breaking down stigma. Um, so let's talk to, let's talk a little bit about men to heal. We were talking about the stigma for, um, 
people to seek out support, specifically men, for physical um, check-ins and check-ups, and then also mental health check-ins and check-ups. Where did, like, I'm assuming it came from lived experience and then also meeting and talking to people and realizing like, hey, there's a whole bunch of people who are struggling with maybe the stigma around it or the inequity around availability for these things. But where did that passion come from to create Men to Heal and, and its purpose? Yeah, yeah. So Men to Heal, again, was a movement that I founded. Um, so like in grad school, right, we had this project. If it's one population that you can work with, who would it be type thing? Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, a couple of my cohort members, they chose LGBTQ, they chose sex workers, they chose um, children, you know, they chose veterans. Initially, I chose veterans, of course. Um, but then I realized, like, oh, man, men are reluctant to seek services, re- regardless of its mental health or just going to the doctor. And they have a, a, a reluctancy of expressing themselves, whether it's emotion, feelings, and so much other things due to social constructs. Right. Uh, so that, I took that on as a project and the project went well. You know, I got a good grade on it. But then I realized, like, oh, man, this this right here is something I did on a micro level. I just can imagine the impact on a macro level. Um, so of course, you know, finished grad school, I started at this private practice called Avail Outpatient Counseling. Uh, phenomenal place. It's uh, woman dominant. I was the only male there for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they do phenomenal work in the community for women, uh, retreats and, and, you know, just different stuff. So I was like, hey, when are we gonna do something for the men? Um, I used to tease them all the time. And then from there, I just reverted back to that project that I had in grad school. Um, so I had a session, I, I put it out, just threw out a teaser, uh, hey, men and mental health, uh, you know, so I posted, had it at my art gallery here in Richmond. And I think maybe 25, 26 people showed up, men and women. Um, and it was good. So I started doing it each quarter and it just continued to grow, you know, got up to about 65 at any given time, you know, various topics with men and men and, and, and health or mental health. So right. we had athletes and mental health. We had incarceration and mental health. We had, um, you know, various topics. So it just continued to grow. Um, and then, you know, I got stuck at a train one day and I drew the logo on my car and took a picture of it, threw it on a shirt. And before I knew it, you know, it just became a, a conversation starter for one, right. but two, it was so many people that can relate to it. Like, oh man, my uncle got this and that, or, you know, guys would be like, oh man, that, you know, what's your information, blah, blah, blah. So it just grew. Um, and before I knew it, I had over a thousand sold. So it just took off. And then of course I continue to have the uh, sessions within the community. And, you know, word just kept getting out, it just kept getting bigger. So a lot of different people reaching out for articles or interviews or panels and, you know, it just continued to grow because it was so relatable to people because somebody knows somebody with mental illness that is not addressed or somebody know a man right now that has difficulty expressing themselves or they know like, you know, this person uh, could have benefited from early detection or knowing, um, you know, a, a potential diagnosis, or if he would have went to the doctor a week earlier, he, he wouldn't have had to get, you know, a, a traumatic surgery or extensive uh, surgery or, you know, I, like I've heard pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, so I've, I've just been fortunate enough to capture 
all of that and just listening to it like, oh man, like I'm really making a difference. So the testimonials I'm getting from wives who've been married 20 plus years and say, hey man, I got your book. This is the most my husband and I have ever talked in our 25 <laughs> years of That's marriage. Awesome. You know, or just the, the the younger guys, you know, looking up or the, the men themselves like, oh man, like you helped me in so many ways and, you know, just different stuff like that. And then people different states and different countries uh, reaching out, you know, because this thing is like not only within my region, but it's a global impact, you know, men all over the world feel certain things that they can't express or trapped or bound by the views of their society or culture, you know. Um, so I've just been fortunate enough to not be in a position to, to let that fear of addressing it, you know, hold me back. So there's so much to that. So I, I have a bunch of follow-up questions. First sure. is I love the logo. Uh, you know, I'll try to post some in the show notes and, and connect with any social media aspects that you have, but uh, written out mental health and then crossed out parts of the letters to, to say men to heal instead. Um, was that just doodling for you? You said on the car you did it, but were you just playing around with it or was it formed in your, in your head? Yeah. So you know, yeah. So I was stuck in a train, man, and I was like literally bored because I think the train had stopped. Like it was on one of them. Um, it was just at a stop, you know. So yeah. I was just thinking about different stuff, and I knew I had this session coming up, uh, maybe in the next week or so. So I was like, you know what? I want to. If I'm gonna make a flyer, I gotta have a logo for the fly. You know, right. just playing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So I just started, you know, doing different things, color schemes, and everything, and then I realized, like oh man, if I cross out that and put two under it and then, you know, underline the, the heal and health, it'll be beneficial. And, you know, it took off, man. Um, I'm just fortunate to receive well. And then, uh, you know, from a business standpoint, because I'm uh, business savvy or, or, you know, business literate, I had to immediately, um, I, I trademarked it, you know, yeah. so would nobody else take it or use it. And, Luckily enough, you know, people all over the world thus far has reached out to use it or, you know, uh, say, hey, how much I got to pay you to, you know, I can give you credit for it or whatever the case right, is. Yeah. So I've been, you know, so I've just been fortunate enough to, to be wise enough to do that. Um, and it's paid off. That's awesome. Um, is it, when I started following you on instagram is the first thing that popped out to me i was like that is a re really smart logo and it just it sums up everything like you're talking about so it's it, it's awesome that it just kind of popped up and intuition kind of created it and manifested it so that's great um one of the other things i that really stuck stood out for me as we're talking is you were talking about um different countries global effect of, of you know, men to heal and, and the need for it. And I think on one of your recent posts, you GQ UK reached out to you and to kind of write yeah. something. And in your post, you're talking about how you didn't realize it, it was worldwide. It was all around GQ was all around the world and, and that connection. Um, tell me, how did that feel? That must've been like a really amazing moment to be like, Oh damn, this is yeah, this bigger so than I thought. Man, I mean, like, I, I don't know the extent of my movement. Like, other people know the extent of my movement. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. for me, it's still um, James Harrison Richmond. But to, yeah. 
you know, people all over the world in different states. Like somebody emailed me or send me a message like, oh man, like in Georgia, I've seen somebody in the airport with your shirt on or in Texas. Hey man, it's, I think I think I seen your shirt at the bus stop. Like, you know, so those <laughs> are the impacts that I'm having because people all over the world definitely reach out. But to me for the GQ thing, it was more so like, I'm thinking GQ was like an American magazine, you know, mm, yeah. um, but they reached out for a contribution. So I'm thinking that, all right, cool. They in New York or California or something, you know, I'm gonna just answer these questions and send it back to them. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, their UK edition. Um, you know, so I've been fortunate, but earlier, uh, like during the summer, maybe March or April, I did a panel discussion, um, in Manchester, England. So oh, cool. it, it's, you know, it's a little bit of UK ties there. I've been fortunate enough to do, uh, seminars in five different countries thus far. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and, and that came from. Um, the knowledge on, you know, it's a global thing. It's, you know, the different things that I'm hearing from men and I say different cultures because the misogyny is there or the, you know, they can't really express themselves the way they want to. Because right. in some cultures, you, you know, you just can't. The man is supposed to do yeah. traditionally certain things, um, although they want to do something else or their views of masculinity or whatever the case is. So culturally, you know, things are different. But again, like, you know, on a on a, a micro level we think oh it's just how we do things but no it's people all over the world like the machismo effect whether that's in um you know for the hispanic culture yeah. or the latinx cultures um you know that's pretty much equated to the ego here like they got to prove themselves you know or it's so many different um other terminologies that i heard from ethiopians and uh um you know arabs and stuff like that in those type of uh countries and regions and stuff um you know so it's just a, a global dynamic of a man is supposed to be dot 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 you know but nobody can uncover what those dots are yeah. um you know so they just fall in line or they ignore it all together and of course ignoring it all together has led to high suicide rates among men you know hypertension heart disease the number one killer among men um, not getting physicals, not early detection, you know, uh, anger and irritability and substance use and reckless behavior and being promiscuous and, uh, you know, being emotionally detached uh, because you can't address these things. So you use different things to cope or hide or mask your feelings, you know, so because you're unable to process or you don't have the access and resources to process, um, you know, so again, my movement has been, uh, segue to those things pretty much yeah that's i mean you talk a lot about the stigma that's associated with some of these things about going to the doctor about following up about talking about emotions when you're working with people how do you they find you like or their wives find you or or someone in their their uh bubble find you um how do you I guess my question is, how do you get them to engage in, in that process if the stigma is so high? Like what breaks down the walls of stigma that, that you find the most effective? I know each person's individual, but what, what have you found is really helpful for that? Yeah, man. Um, so to me, I'm, I'm, I'm an authentic person, you know, so I just do my own thing as far as ignoring the perception of others. And I got a chapter in my book also, um, the, it got to is 
like the perception, how do other people view you? And then of course the following chapter is how do you view yourself? Right. And, you know, so those things will, I guess have been eye opening for people because for a long time, you know, people tend to live for other people or do mm -hmm. certain things based on what they think other people want you to do. And for me, it's pretty much, I'm gonna do what I wanna do. And, you know, the people who adore me or love me and associate with me is gonna be a bore with it. Like, I don't have to hide who I am or change up who I am based on that. So I think right. that resonate with a lot of people even the ones who are living for other people or living in fear of being themselves, you know, so that has helped with uncovering and assisting them to identify who they really genuinely want to be, or um, at least get away from, I got to be this way because my dad want me to be this way. My dad played right. football, so I got to play football, even though I want to bake, you know, or, yeah, yeah. you know, just different stuff, like just uncovering, like, Oh, it, it's okay to be me. It's okay to want to wear pink or it's okay to uh, reply to my girl, you know, in a way that is not as um, hard. Like I can let my guard down. I can, yeah. I can display emotion without being demonized, you know, so pretty much I created a safe space and, you know, it's, I'm modeling it and I'm guessing people are receptive to it. So I've just been, you know, gracious enough that it's been that effect. Yeah, I love that. Like that creation of a, a space for them to bring insight into their own psyche. It, it's the probably the thing that helps break down the walls the most so, so they can really figure out who they are and then start living that life. I love that. I remember I was at a, a kid's birthday party with my wife and we were just talking, shooting the shit and talking about doing the dishes. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do them when we get home. Or something, something came up about doing the dishes and there was an mm -hmm. old school uh, Portuguese guy there and he was like, what? You're not a man. You're doing the dishes. And it, it became this discourse about, you know, it's always stuck with me in the sense of I grew up, my dad was a colonel in, in the Air Force, always wore pink, didn't care what people thought. Like, I mean, he used to have yeah. this Donald Duck T-shirt when we went to the air shows and it was striped and he had neon pink shorts or neon orange shorts and just rocking them and not caring and i have growing up in that culture was really insightful for me because it allowed me to be who i was and it, that birthday party was just a huge reminder to me is like okay i was in my own little bu bubble of this and i i forget that there is still this stigma out there and, and how pervasive it is in in culture and um that feeling of you know masculinity and how how it kind of is portrayed throughout different ways um, yeah and so it is really interesting i really love the work you're doing and and oh, man, i appreciate it and i'm glad you was fortunate enough to have that example too yeah um you know so and that helps that helps with helped know, a breaking lot. Those, yeah breaking those cycles creating those spaces um for you to want to ignore other people and be yourself genuinely yeah. you know so that's a good thing yeah what do you think, um, what do you think the, the, what is your favorite reaction, I guess, that you get from people who come to hear you speak and do the work with you about, you know, how they didn't think like this is what, you know, counseling was or, or really connecting with like healing was, is there a moment that stands out where you're like, oh, cause for me, I remember working with this, this younger, uh, dad, and he came in and we were processing. He's like, man, if I knew what this was, if 
this is what therapy was, I would have been in therapy when I, when I was 13, I wouldn't have avoided it as much. So that's yeah. my standout moment on, on doing that. Do you have any standout moments that really connected with you and solidified what you were doing as like the right way, the right approach? Yeah, man. So um, it just hearing the testimonials from parents, like, oh man, he, you know, my son talked the whole way home or my husband, you know, uh, made changes in this area and stuff like that. You know, just the different reviews and stuff like that I've been getting. Um, and I also have a YouTube page too. So those videos that I've been posting there have been insightful and in helping other people. Um, you know, so it's been, it's been a, a heck of a journey, not only in the YouTube space, but of course the book space right. and the therapy space. So the feedback has been phenomenal because people actually want to do the work, um, you know, and I've been referring so many different people because men and boys um, that are reach out, you know, so I'm happy that people are in that position to, yeah. you know, want to make changes within themselves. Awesome. All right. So I finished the podcast with the same two questions every, every time. Cause I, I like to get people's perspective on them. So I'm going to give you both and you can just answer in any order you want to. So okay. I'm a, I'm a huge geek. You could probably tell from my decor in the background. Um, superheroes are, are one of my favorite things. And so they're related to them. So if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? And then the second question is what is your real life superpower? Oh man, if I can have, you said if I can be any superhero? Any superhero or any power that they possess, what would it be? Um, I mean, I'm a Marvel fan too, man. That's a tough one. It's a real I, tough one. I think about yeah, it all the time. <laughs> Cause I, I like, I like the, the smart people like, you know, Professor X and Magneto. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because both their styles resonate with me, but I also like, you know, Captain America. He look out for the little guy, you yeah. know, it's above himself. Um, and I also like, you know, of course, Tony Stark, Iron Man, because he's a philanthropist who give back and, you know, yeah, want to exactly, help people, right? uh, but he's also arrogant. So it's just a lot, man, that's a tough one. Um, let me see, I'll go with, man, superpower. Yeah, I'll take Professor X, man. Nice, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Cause, That's a good know, one. He, yeah, he, to think about it, he, uh, you know, created a school and put other people in place to uncover or not hide who they really are. You know, he yeah. assists them with uncovering and mastering their real potential, which is their superpower. So, yeah, yeah Professor X, I'll pick him. He, um, he's a harbinger of uh, breaking down stigma, too, so I love that. It's yeah, very apropos. Nah, definitely. Um, oh man. So yeah, that's a dope question. Um, and your second one was my superpower. Yeah. Um being authentic, man. Like I don't, I'm not swayed by other people's views of me, or I don't fit in the box that people probably want to put me in, you know. So if you put me in a bubble, I'm gonna pop it. You put me in a box, I'm gonna escape it. Um, you know, so I just move the way I want to um, and and ensure that I'm doing what's beneficial for not only myself, but of course, my family. You know, I just want to be in a position to, to leave a legacy and break cycles. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So any last gems of knowledge that you want to drop on our listeners? Any things you want to leave them with? 
Yeah, man. Look, definitely appreciate you for having me, man. Continue the good work and uh, different insightful stuff that you're doing over there as well. Thank you. Um, but you guys, listen, ignore the perception of others. Definitely be yourself. Grow within yourself. Um, make changes within yourself. Break those cycles and those stigmas and, and be you. Like, grow within yourself. Take time to learn yourself. It's okay to be alone, but don't isolate. You know, it's a difference. Um, definitely go to my YouTube page and check out those videos. There's so many on there, whether that's trauma, grief, uh, why don't men open up, communication. It's so many different videos on there that you can check out. And of course, grab a copy of my book. Right now, it's on a uh, 15% discount until the end of the year. If you type in code SEASONAL, on my website. So get the book off my website, www.mentoheal.com, M-E-N-T-O-H-E-A-L.com. And you can subscribe to my YouTube there. My other social medias are there. And of course the book is on there and the seasonal is the discount code. Seasonal is the discount code up until January 1st. That's awesome, man. And it, I did actually uh, check out your video on YouTube on resilience and I really enjoyed it. So Definitely start, hop out on that, and which is really important right now with COVID and everything going on. So yeah. I, I think that's a good watch, a good listen. So check that out as well. Yeah, and uh, so I, I upload videos every Tuesday. And this past Tuesday, um, this might be beneficial to your uh, listeners who are not of the African-American uh, descent because this video I uploaded on Tuesday was a video um that i did a presentation for aca which is american council association the division of the state in which i'm in virginia is vca so you know they have their yearly conference this year uh my presentation was on counseling um boys and men you know of course from my culture from a cultural standpoint so yeah. I know you're in the mental health field and it's a difference between cultural competence and being from the culture. So that video is very insightful. So hopefully you guys go and take a listen to that as well. If you are a therapist out there listening or any other mental health professional or just somebody who genuinely care and want to make change, you know, for their own personal microaggressions or, you know, subtleties that they don't know that they're making. So again, yeah. I definitely appreciate you guys. Uh, I appreciate you putting that out there and, and, doing all you do and being an agent of change. And I, I love it. And I'm just honored to have you on and thank you again. My man, appreciate you, bro. Enjoy your night. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, please outreach to us at info at the Promethean project.org. If you want to learn more about the Promethean project, or if you would like to donate to our cause, you can reach us at thepromethianproject.org. If you really do enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends, like our posts on social media and Instagram and on Facebook, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any podcast app that you like to listen to. Again, thank you for taking a listen, and remember that the most important step is always the next one.